You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. All right, Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 266, Scott. That's right, John. 266. A couple of different things about this episode. Yeah. A couple of things are different. First of all, uh, I'm Skyping in. Uh, but I'm using my Sennheiser headset yeah. and microphone, which we sorted out yesterday. Yeah, let me see if I can dial you in. I've been using this uh, headset for like a year now or more when I talk to the great Stefan C on Skype over in the UK. Yeah. And the whole time I'm thinking that I'm using this cool uh, microphone attached to the headset. But it turns out I was using my laptop microphone Yeah, the whole time. So, like, when I would cover the microphones because I didn't want him to hear something, <laughs> he, he heard it he heard anyway. The whole thing. <laughs> so you're like... Just, I'm just going to thump it just to check to yeah. make sure it's... Yeah? Yeah, it? that's it. Yeah. That's it. All right. You got it. You got it, Toyota. That is out of sight. Uh, the other thing is, I'm in my basement. I've never podcasted from my basement. Usually when I Skype in, I do it from the office. Yeah. But uh, the kids are still up doing some homework, that kind of thing, so I, I don't want to sound, disturb them. It sounded them. better on your office one, but, you know. What do you mean it sounded better on my office yeah. one? If I'm up in the office, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. It sounds better? Yeah. Why are you saying that? No, I don't know. <laughs> I just uh, why are you upset now? <laughs> I'm really upset. Oh, I know why. Because I used to do the mixing board with the uh, B2 Pro. No, no, See what no. I'm yesterday it sounded better. Oh, I wasn't in the office yesterday. I was in oh, my were, living room. Oh, were you? Yeah, is it because I'm a little bit closer to the router? Does that have something no, to do with it? No, I think maybe it's just a bad connection. Should we hang up and try again? No, no, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, so those uh, we got those things going on. And the reason that we have to Skype is because my wife has been working late. Uh, so we were supposed to do something yesterday. Uh, and then she said, I, I think I can get out by 7 p.m. today. Yeah. That turned into 8, and then that turned into 9. So the original plan... Uh, is she home? Gonna, she's not home yet. It's the nine. original plan, I was going to come in studio... Well, she her last text was possibly nine, which means she'll probably be there until possibly midnight. nine, <laughs> possibly right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, possibly. So uh, now we, uh, under normal circumstances, we would have just skipped it, said ah next week, but not tonight, John. No. You know why? It's historic. It's a historic moment in U.S. Yeah. history. For two reasons. One, we had the largest uh, storm ever recorded hit the mainland east coast and it's causing havoc on the east coast and to some of our listeners are having a real difficult time yeah with this storm that's one thing and then the other thing is this election coming up it's a week yeah. from today we'll be getting another show in before yes uh well so, we'll see we'll see but um the thing about this election, uh, and I, I don't have a very long political life. I know a little bit about the history of politics, but not from an election perspective. Like, I know nothing about the Kennedy-Nixon election other than Kennedy won because Nixon sweated in one of the debates. 
But this campaign that Romney's running, this campaign that say whatever I want to say, regardless of the facts, yeah, regardless of evidence, uh, run these ads that are blatantly false, where the, the companies, like his latest one is Jeep is going to close shop and move to China. Uh, where the corporation gets involved, I think it's Chrysler, and they say that is we're not doing that, and he keeps running these ads. So you got the you got on one hand you got a black president historic moment, but then you got half the country that is racist, or I don't know if it's half, but then you got these other people that that uh, for whatever reason they cling to this, they they absorb this right wing spin of yeah. everything. And if Romney gets elected, it's really going to be depressing on so many levels because, first of all, uh, one of the the founding principles of a democracy is that you educate them and that they're well-educated to make decisions about the people who are going to represent them in government. And that's going to go right out the window, right out the fucking window. Right out. Because if Romney gets elected, that says a a great deal about... yeah. And, and, and then somebody brought up a good point today that uh, if he gets elected, he's obviously going to want to go for a second term. So the bullshit that got him elected the first time is going to be the policies that he just that he runs, through, you know, roughshod over everyone for the next four years. Well, it, but even then, there would be some type of a record, right? He would have to defend that record. How would he do that? He would just make shit up. Make it up again. It wasn't my fault. It was the Democrats. Yeah. They wouldn't let me do anything. And they criticizes Obama for not reaching across the aisle, you know, so, but I, I just hope that we don't have to, to, in four years, we don't have to hear him uh, try to, um, uh, what's the word? Not guard. Try to uh, defend his record. Yeah. Right, right. Frightening, John. It's frightening. Scary. It's like Halloween. A quick uh, Martin Sheen quote about this. I think Martin Sheen nailed it. Uh, he said, you know what he said, John? No. He said... About Romney. He doesn't have a clue what 99% of the people are going through. He's never lived on that level. He's never had to compete for a job or face eviction or struggle to get a college loan. He was born on third base and thought he hit a triple. Right on. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was Martin Sheen talking about himself. No, that was Martin Sheen talking about Romney. (laughs) It's like a haunted house, Scott. Uh, if somebody else, if Mr. Romney wins, he'll set a nasty precedent. Candidates will be justified in assuming not only that they can lie, but they can tell different lies to different audiences from week to week and voters will actually reward them. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary as shit. Pet to anus. I'm gay. Can you hear that? <laughs> I can. The one thing that's different for me, that's really different for me, so I have this headset on, 
And when we do the recording in the studio, I can hear myself in the headset, but I cannot hear myself oh. in my own headset. You so could. that's kind of uh, that's kind of different. How could I do that? Um, How could I do that, John? I think under your uh, audio, audio. You know that little speaker to the right. Little speaker to the right. Yes. Yeah. And you click uh, playback devices, I think it is. I don't know. Speakers and headphones. Yes. Levels, enhancements. Yeah. I can bass boost. I can virtual surround. I have some settings with megahertz and dB. I have room correction, loudness <laughs> activation. I have advanced settings. Yeah. Know. Nothing that says, there's not a checkbox here that says, this will route the audio back through your headphones. No, you can, you can click, you, you click under recording, the recording tab. Yes. And you double click on whatever microphone is working. Yes. And then you click on, the tab that says listen listen <laughs> all right maybe i'll do that later because i have no idea what interface i i'm to click on what where you go down to that little speaker i get a different interface than you no see, you don't see. you look right on, click cl- on it oh right click click sounds oh sounds you didn't say right sounds click, <laughs> click right, the recording tab Recording tab. I'm there. And there should be a mic that has a little green check. Yeah. Double double click it. Double click that. Yes. Click the listen tab. Listen. Look. Listen to this device. All right. I'm listening. I click the listen to the device and nothing happened. You get nothing. Let me apply it. I just applied it and now... I can hear myself. You can. You, you like that? It's a it's a little delayed. Yeah. <laughs> might have to turn it off. <laughs> well, it's a little bit of a delay. <laughs> God, man, you're like helpless. I can't yeah, I believe you're a genius. Off. I have to turn that shit off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't need to hear myself. Honestly. Very good. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I could uh, I could help you with that if you'd use that goddamn board, but you don't use the, the board. board. The board. Board it's with somewhere. the. I haven't seen it in a while, but it's somewhere, John. With oh, the, you know what else? With I a did? real microphone. So I broke my iPod. Uh, I got an iPod Nano. I didn't break it. My daughter broke it. So I had to uh, break out the original iPod Classic, this white. It's like a brick. Yeah. Uh, and I charged that baby up, and I've been using that to uh, listen to podcasts so that I can index them and things like that. So I had a whole bunch of old podcasts on there, and our show is a little bit different than it was um, like 70 episodes yeah. ago. It was better. It was better 70 yeah. episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why was that? 
I don't know. It's, it just seems like we had more time to prep. We we got in much more detail in our science stories, in our religious stories. Um, and I meant to clip some things out. I think I did, but I can't play anything back. Um, yeah, we used to the, play a lot more clips. A lot more clips. One of the interesting things uh, is we made a prediction in episode 167, I believe. Yeah. When, when Katie Holmes married Tom Cruise. Yeah. And I'm excited to play that prediction uh, when I'm back in the studio, hopefully next week. Yes. That's, that's a little teaser there, John. A little teaser. Yeah. It's out of sight. It is out of sight. Um, so... But, uh, how about this devastating storm? Yeah, Sandy. How about that? For wow, a storm name, Sandy. Uh, and it blew up a lot of sand. So here's what I want to know. So what they were saying is this is n- what they thought before it hit the coast. Is this is not as going to be as powerful as Katrina, but it's larger than any storm we've ever seen and recorded in, yeah, I don't know how long they've been keeping these uh, records of these hurricanes. But now, since it hit, uh, and from what I heard, it right before it hit, it gained strength. So have you heard, is this, is this not only the largest, but the most powerful storm to hit the... Uh, no, it never went past the Category 1, and then it was a tropical cyclone at some point. Um, but um, the thing is, is that it just kept going. Uh, Katrina was in and out really quick. It just kind of went in, and then there was a big storm surge where the whole ocean just pushed over the levee and wiped out all these homes and flooded it. Um, the difference is... is there's something to do with the Gulf Coast on that side has a tendency that when a hurricane gets in there, it really ramps it up. It cranks it up because of the warm, moist air. This was more because of something that had to do with the Atlantic uh, ocean water and, and and it heating up three degrees or something. And this big cold front that came down and I think a lack of El Nino, they said. Uh, but it, it just was able to have a broader base and then just wa- just rip up the coast for miles. You know, I mean, just it was like 2,000 miles wide, this thing. And the winds were just constant and constant and constant. And if you look at some of the pictures, uh, it literally took the berms and the dunes and it blew them all up onto the shore, like two, four, or five feet deep. You see, like, street signs. You can just see the tops of them. And people are walking around on top of the sand, and underneath there's cars and all kinds of shit, front stairs. It's, it looked like snow drifts. So it's a different kind of power. It was actually, uh, they were saying it was more dangerous because it was so unpredictable. They didn't know... Uh, you know, what the fuck was going to happen. But now you see the pictures and there's just houses underwater and you had f- like three feet of snow in West Virginia and they're calling for blizzard warnings all the way till tomorrow. The subways filled up. The uh, 
there was uh uh, what do you call it? The uh, Battery Park Tunnel that filled with water all the way to the top. Uh, the water level hit thirteen point eight eight feet, almost fourteen feet, the sea level in Battery Park, which is completely a new record since eighteen eighty two or something like that. So, as far as historic, this is like the worst. Five million people out of power. You saw. I heard it was seven. Is it seven? I don't know. Yeah. It was five last I saw. 46 uh, dead, at least. Um, and, I mean, my boss told me that uh, all the way up into Canada, right in his little town, uh, they felt the winds. A tree got pulled out of the ground, and a woman got hit, he thinks, in her car or something. She was killed by a flying construction sign that that blew and smashed through her window. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, it wasn't 125-mile-an-hour winds. It got up to 93-mile-an-hour gusts. But uh, that's it's fucked up, man. That That's a big-ass storm. And Julie, one of our listeners, Haggis Vitae, uh, was wearing her lucky TTN shirt. And it worked. And How it worked. That? Yeah. It's not weird if it works, Scott. Because <laughs> they still have power, is that right? Where everybody That's around right. them does not have power? That's right, and they're reaching out to other people that don't have power and say, hey, come on, stay with us, we'll make you a meal, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we got a fire going, let's have a party. And, right. Uh, and then uh, Governor Christie... Uh, praising Obama for the response and uh, the helping hand. In uh, FEMA. Yeah, in FEMA. Ryan and Romney want to get rid of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I heard some GOP. I can't I can't remember which one, but he... Oh, I know who it was. You remember that fuckwad uh, uh, that yeah. the W appointed? Brownie. Brownie. Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. Uh, who didn't know what the fuck he was doing. You know what he said today? He said that Obama reacted too quickly yeah to this uh, disaster how the fuck does that make sense in he didn't, he any didn't act, universe he didn't act quick enough in libya but he acted too quickly in his own yes, country too quickly too quickly here he acted too slow a, a fucking 10,000 miles away but in his own country too quickly should have done it like brownie and fucked it all up yeah brownie doing a heck of a job <laughs> yeah America unbelievable yeah so Julie still has power and she's inviting people over that don't have power right that is so cool um well it's a little town that they live in and they kind of know everyone the room left over but by the time you hear that uh What? Hello. These electric companies. Hello. Hello. Am I losing you? Yeah. What happened? I don't know. Lost you? You Am I back? Are you using Wi-Fi? Yeah. That's probably why. What else would I? What else would I? I'm hardline, man. (laughs) I don't have one of those, man. You don't have a hardline at your house? I do, but I don't have Skype on that computer. It would just run a hardline from your router to your laptop. Um, Where's your hard line? Down in the basement? Your router? Yeah, 
I probably could walk over there. Oh and- my god, man! <laughs> you're t- <laughs> you're a technical you- nightmare. Why didn't you tell me that before the show? I man. didn't know I'm- what you were doing. I thought you were talking on your main PC. I've never had a problem skyping uh, to the UK uh, over Wi-Fi. Well, I don't well, think I, I, I don't I, think Stefan C is worried about the fidelity of what you, of your. <laughs> obviously, he doesn't care because you cover your mic and it doesn't matter because you're coming through the mic on your PC. I cover the mic like this so he can't hear me. Right? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even work. <laughs> you sounded like. Uh, I don't know. It sounded like you were on a walkie-talkie. A walkie-talkie. walkie Well, John Burroughs, our listener, has a question. He's planning on coming to New York uh, the 27th of November. And uh, should he still come? Isn't that uh, Thanksgiving? Or is that the week after? It's the week after. Yeah, so you don't want to travel on Thanksgiving. That's a fucking nightmare to begin with. But uh, I don't know. Is is uh, That's a good question. Uh, is New York somewhere you want to be uh, in three weeks, four weeks? You think they'll have it cleaned up and the power back and the water out? I don't know. I saw some of those pictures of the underground parking where the cars are like bobbing up yeah. in the... That's out of sight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know about that, man. So yesterday you were talking to the papooch. Yeah. Uh, a listener of ours who lives not in New York, but he lives in Connecticut. Yeah. And how is he doing? He's all right. He's doing all right. Still have power? What, do you want to call him? I don't know. Can we call him? I think so. Still have power? Does he still have power? Yeah, here, let, let me put you on hold. Okay, I'm going to be on hold. I'm going to put you on hold. Yeah, that didn't work. <laughs> how do you do, work? How do you do? A, how do you do like a party call? I don't know. You don't know. Come on, man. You use this all the time. Uh, I use it to call one person. I know how to share the desktop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he's TP Tony, right? TP Tony. TP Tony. I don't know. TP Tony could be uh, the pollster. We could no, talk to no. him as well. Call him. I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm got it. Oh, I see. It shows up yeah. on my thing now. Nice. I got it. It's out of sight. Yeah, he's P Tony, man. Yeah. He's P Tony. I'm got it. It's going to be tricky. What's going to be tricky? Please record your message. When you've finished recording, you, you may hang up or yeah. press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. Hey, Papooch. It's uh, John and Scott calling you. I'm just, an evolutionary kind of guy. Just trying to see uh, what's happening. Uh, give us a Skype or whatever. Uh, overbite air. Overbite air. He's uh, Skyping the show. He's re- remote. He's live remote. From his Me. studio. I'm live remote, Scott yes. is, yeah. I'm in my home studio. Yeah. Yes, but I'm not hardlined. Yeah, I'm call us back. Wi-Fi. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Right on. Later. It's weird. As you talk, you're, you're, there's a ring around your face that lights up. 
a ring around my yeah, face. There's like a uh, a blue. Oh, I see that yeah. now. You yeah, see you that? Have a, you have a logo, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah, the blue logo lights up. That's kind of cool. It's cool. Yeah. It's like being at a disco almost. <laughs> almost. Disco. But now that it's almost. now that it's uh, not a party line anymore. No, it's not a party line. Oh, that only lights up during the party line. Right. Thing. Hey, give, Scott. Uh, did you yeah. he- did you hear uh Disney just bought Lucasfilm for 4 billion? I didn't I heard that they were uh, wanted to acquire. I yeah. did not hear that they actually did acquire. Yeah, and they've announced a Star Wars 7 coming in 2015. Star Wars 7, really? Yeah. 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 Episode I didn't get into 1, 2 or 3. 7 after Return of the Jedi. I only like 4 and 5. Yeah, you didn't like $4 billion, and I only like two of the six movies. Ain't that something? Yeah, Lucas has had enough. Lucas. I wonder what that means. Do they get, like, everything, or do they just get the rights? Do they get his property and all the films? I don't know. I think it would be everything. He'd probably keep a little private stash for himself, you know, to to set up his George Lucas Museum. Yeah. But uh, $4 billion? Yeah, they get everything. Licensing the whole deal. Uh, Yeah, this is really long. Under the deal, Disney will acquire ownership of Lucasfilm. A leader in the entertainment, innovative, and innovation and technology, including its massively popular and evergreen Star Wars franchise and its operating business uh, businesses in live action film production, consumer products, live action p- film production, consumer product, oh, animation, visual effects, and audio post production. They'll also acquire a substantial portfolio of cutting edge entertainment technologies. That have kept audience enthralled for many years. Um, but it doesn't say anything about the... Uh, like, yes, Pixar is cutting edge. Lucas is no longer cutting yeah. edge. They have a good salesman. Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I don't know. I think uh, if Pixar was owned by Lucas... Oh, so they might get Pixar in the Yeah, deal. Pixar was originally owned by Lucas. It was uh, for creating... The technology was for looking at like a three-dimensional heart for doctors and stuff like that. And uh, Steve Jobs bought it and wanted to turn it into an animation studio. And then I forget who he hired because D- Disney fired a bunch of animators. So... Uh, they ended up pulling in everything from architects to oh PT's calling. Hold on a second. Let's call. Let's let's hear from PT. Hello, John. Yeah, ho- hold on a second. I got to add you to the to the conference call. Okay. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> nice. How do you do that? <laughs> don't look at me. Hold on. I, I know it's, there's a way to do that. You're the producer of the year. <laughs> Is it right click? Right click. Nope. Nope. Hold on. Hold on. 
I know I I know I've done this before. <laughs> I've done this before. I know you have. Transfer resume. Hello? Hello? Uh transfer. <laughs> no, that's not it. Join? Uh is there a join? Oh, I don't know. How about, are you on your Skype or on your phone? I'm on Skype. All right, can I call you right back? Yeah. All right. All right, bye. Bye. Hello? 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 Hello. I lost you, man. Did you got? Did you get P-Tony? I, I did, but then I lost you. You were gone. You were off. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let me try this again. Uh, if you, hey, if you can't get me back, just get a quick update from P. Tony. All right. Uh, let's see. How did I do this last time? Uh, uh, I did call phones. That's what it was. And I went to uh, P. Tony. Add to conference. Skype. There we go. See, I knew I could figure it out. I have to cut all that out. <laughs> Hello? 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 P-Tone? What's going on, Scott? Right on, man. John, you are the man. Ta-da! He's the producer of the world. That's right. The universe. Universe. Yes. So, P-Tone, uh, you still have power. Um, we actually just got commercial power a couple hours ago. Couple, so how long were we out? Like 24? 24 uh, hours? About just a little over 24, but I, we've got a generator, so I didn't lose anything. Nice. So tell me. Tell me about the storm. Tell us what happened. Uh, storm was ugly. Um, the island got hit. Well, Jersey got hit the worst, but the island got hit really bad, too. They had... Sustained winds to 70 miles per hour and gusts up to 95. Um, and, and, one the, of my, and the island is is Manhattan, which you're talking about, right? Or no, Long, Long Island. Long, oh. Yeah. Um, Staten Island got crushed from the, the, the water surge, um, and it went inland about, I want to say about a quarter of a mile. And it pretty much, they were talking about some of the shots on the news, it took someone's house off the foundation and threw it a block away. Ugh. Wow. So that was, uh, so yeah. Um, hey, so, so that place that you used to live right off the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Is that, is that, did it go underwater? Yeah, that whole thing was underwater. Nice. It cleaned it up. Remember there yes. was that human feces on the doorstep, John? The that was one. down the block. Wash that right away. Right away. Um, everything south of 34th Street was without power. Wow. Yeah. One of the um, transformer with um, uh, what's what's uh, I'm trying to think of what power what, station. It's not a power station. It's a distribution. It's like one of the pops. Yeah. For lower Manhattan. They had video of the transformer exploding. I saw that. And it looked like a bomb was going off. I saw that. It was very bright. Yep. Um, hey, and, a, what, and one of the building's uh, facade fell off, too. 
Yeah, I saw, I saw that, that. The whole side, right. One of our listeners uh, is planning on coming to New York on the 27th of November. Okay. Will that will New York be ready in four weeks? Will they get all this shit cleaned up? Will the power be back? Will the subways be running? Yeah. Yeah, there, I'm. I'm thinking that most of the subways are going to be online, probably within a week. Um, the Holland Tunnel's already open. Um, they're pumping out the Brooklyn um, and Lincoln tunnels. They're going to be online. They think by Friday. In that battery um, battery park tunnel. Yeah, that's they're they're figuring that's going to be emptied Friday. Oh, wow. Um, all if, the bridge, all the bridges are open again, and most of the water that was in the city is, you know, now it's just drying out. Whatever's in the basement's got to be pumped out and stuff. They're pumping the subways. They've got about, uh, I want to say, a third of Manhattan taken care of. But the problem that they've got is the salt water. So there's a lot of damage because of that and. With the water when it came rushing through, it's taken a lot of the rock and gravel shit and stuffed it all over the place. So they're also having to deal with that, too. So what about your work schedule? You work in New York? I do. Times Square. So do you? are you off for the next week? What's going on with that? Um, I've actually been working around the clock since Remotely? this started. Remotely. So you got to keep systems up. Is that what your job is? You got to keep these things going. Well, yeah, I've, I'm managing a team, but um, we kicked most of the operations over to the UK. Our UK and Asia Pack desk has been running it. Nice. We have um, our live center uh, is on Fifth Avenue, and. Yeah, you're- uh, isn't that a couple blocks? It's like, I think, four or five blocks from us. It's like between uh, 25th and 26th, I think. Or 22nd oh. and 23rd. So you're in, like, Gramercy Park or Union Square? I don't know exactly where it is. I've been there once. Uh, <laughs> but I know that there's people that live in the, in the city, and they, mm-hmm. they had to evacuate. And we need some important contracts signed, and we can't get a hold of them. Because nice. their cell phones are down, they're in a shelter somewhere. Nice. You know, and uh, I told my boss, I'm like, well, they should get those little, you know, solar chargers. Yep. They work. They do. Or, um, well, again, now it depends on where they're at. There's a lot of, they've got a ton of shelters, but like I said, north of 34th, everyone's got power. Yeah. So, you know, even going to the library and stuff, that's what a lot of people are doing, at least people that I work with. I saw people, like, lining up in front of a a place that had a generator running, and they're plugging all their phones in. and Yeah. Well, they're still doing a run on food, too. Yeah, and I saw, wasn't that, uh, I think your lovely wife posted... Um, oh, the TPT spot? The Yeah, the little the little store. What little store? That little uh, little shopping mall we used to go to that you go down the stairs. Oh, oh, okay. To go into the uh, the little grocery store. Wasn't that it? Yes. Was that the place? 
Yes. Yeah, we're and it was underwater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, where where my apartment was, that was about two feet underwater, at, at where the building was. But the farther south that you went, the deeper it got. So I wonder how bad. Oh yeah, this. I wonder if it got all. Yeah, you're right. It's it's actually in the Flatiron district. District. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Credit Suisse's building is, I think, just south of it, and there's a park there too. Yeah. Gram- Gramercy Park. Yep. Chelsea. It's just uh, north of Greenwich. Yes. We've been there, Scott. We That's right, John. That, that whole area has totally changed, too. It's like the new hip spot in the city. So wait a minute. Where did you live from there? You were Is that when we went to the all-ages party? That was great, wasn't it? <laughs> the all-ages <laughs> show. You got to see this band. Sure. Um, and then the papooch's buddy is ripping out of him. He's, Tony's the only guy I know that lives in New York that drives a car. <laughs> then he I got was. mad at me and he took off driving with my one my legs still in the door. Wow. Remember that? Remember that? We, we still have to go back to that, don't we? <laughs> I, I remember the gas station where he backed up and he ripped the door <laughs> ripped off. The door remember off. that? It wasn't it was a, a gas, gas station. station. It was a parking garage. Was, it was a garage. I thought it was a gas station. In the Rockefeller, wasn't it or something? My yeah, memories for it, shit. Yeah, Rockefeller Center. Well, that's right. Because the parking attendant was like even it's not laughing. that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. And he slammed the door. See, it closes. <laughs> oh, that was brutal. That was brutal. The good old days. Yes. Folks, well, when we tell that story, this is the guy we're talking about on the line right now. There's nice. a silver lining to this, though. Here's my theory, right? Uh, so, John, uh, I have a house with a basement, and it's got a cement floor, and we have a bunch of dogs, and it gets a bunch of dog hair, and it gets a bunch of shit all over the floor. And then it rained in our sump pumps, and it flooded. And then when the sump pumps came back on, all the water washed it away. And now my basement was clean. It was like a, you know, some things got ruined in the flood, but uh, the silver lining was the basement was clean. Uh, P. Tony, is that uh, how you feel about New York? Because New York, is I don't know if you ever heard of a, a vacuum or it's something. Kind of no, dirty. Thinking, you know what I'm saying? Oh my god, how fucking lazy are you? <laughs> No, no, no. Yeah, I vacuum. Apparently, Scott hoses down his basement. <laughs> yeah, but you can't get in the corners. You know what I'm saying? You can't get under the beds. You can't. There's certain places you can't get, but a flood kind of takes care of everything. Yeah. And I haven't been to New York in years, but when I was in New York, it, it was kind of dirty. I mean, uh, the the garbage is out in the front. There's well, they no don't alleys. have alleys, right? Right. There's no alley. Uh, the piss, urine, the whole deal. There's shit on stoops, and this kind of washes it all away. You get that? You get a nice fresh start. Okay, so it's gonna last for what? Eight hours? Six yes, hours? but it's a fresh start, right? Silver lining? So. Silver no. lining? No, not no, at all. Because now all you've done is just wash the smell from underground. <laughs> you brought it <laughs> on top. <laughs> All right, I gotta, I gotta remember something. Where did you live? In proximity, you were uh, just the below seaport. the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, I was, I was down at the seaport. I was so down. You were down, down yeah. towards. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, I, I was three blocks. FDR Drive and Brooklyn Bridge, so you're by... I'm by the Staten Island Ferry. You're on Pearl, Pearl Street, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was three or four blocks away from Wall Street and about a quarter of a mile from... Oh, my God. My fat ass walked that far? To <laughs> Greenwich Village? Yeah, but yes. it complained every goddamn <laughs> <time>. Absolutely. <laughs> Can we take a cab? Come on. Please. Eventually. <laughs> How far did we go? O- only to be outdone by by Jay getting. We went all the him. way to Central Park. We did. Where was uh, Brother Jimmy's? Was that on Upper West Side? Fifty fifty seventh up by there. Uh, I think it's fifty eighth. But yeah, over by there. Over by there. That's that's where we said. You said let's take the subway. We said okay. How many tokens do we need? How many do you want? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why we don't know where we're going? Well, then how can I tell you how many tokens you need? <laughs> I got to tell you though, all that walking around we did. I went there with a different company I used I worked for, and we had training in New Jersey, and everybody wanted to go to uh, Times Square, so we went down there, and I kind of knew my way around, got the, everybody to Little Italy, and. Went to a nice little restaurant, Pasquale's. Yep. Had an awesome dinner and uh, got everybody back to the bus so <laughs> that we C-Caucus. could to go. To, I don't know. If it was, yeah, Sea Caucus. That's right. Caucus. I remember it. I, drove, I went out there one of the times that you were out there. That's I right. Picked you up. That was the same. Uh, that was that same weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Big John G. He was In there fact, for a um, day. Sequakis is destroyed too. Uh, one of the levees that by the Meadowlands broke, so all of the swamp <laughs> flushed into Sequakis. Wow! So, so it was getting all screwed up too. Well, what's crazy is uh, Manhattan getting nailed, and it's it's mo- mostly surrounded by rivers except for the Lower Bay, where you know it blows into there into the Upper yeah. Bay. But the problem that you had is the water the 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 ocean side underneath the Verrazano Bridge. Yeah. That's that took the wind came from the southeast. Oh yeah, it was whipping it blew, around. It blew right into the bay. So the water can't go anywhere, which is the reason why everything just blew out. Um some of the rivers going all the way up to like White Plains, about halfway to where I'm at now, got tagged. And what? then on the on so, the north side of so the So you island, live up by White Plains? I'm north of White Plains. I'm in Connecticut. How far north? Um, Valhalla? Six, nah, that's Valhalla is just north of White Plains. I'm I'm about sixty miles, sixty five miles north of the city. I don't know where the hell that is. <laughs> I'm halfway between I'm trying to plan a trip out there. My daughter really wants to see that goddamn Christmas tree in front of the Rockefeller Center. Are you going to go this year? No, because we're renting a hotel again downtown. We're actually we're staying in the Swiss Hotel downtown Swiss hotel. Uh, nice. in a couple weekends. The 16th and 17th. Then we're jumping on a plane at 5 in the morning on the 18th and going to uh, AZ. AZ and then coming back that Friday. 
And then I got to put all the Christmas decorations in the tree up. Get that all ready. Wow. That's a lot of work, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, cheating. Yeah, we don't fool around on the holidays, man. I I know. I I think we we might be calling it in this year. Although I think we're going to come out... uh, we're coming out west uh, for Thanksgiving. Where here? Yep. Oh, nice. Oh, t- I'll be out of town. I'll be out of town too. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, <What the> <laughs> one of we'll these get days. To see the pooch. Yeah. Could have had a big show here. We could have. Yeah. Could have brought Joe, our first guest ever. Absolutely. Yeah. And Marty. Speaking yeah. of which, I have an honorable mention on our movie list, which we have to get to. Yes, oh boy. we do have to get to that. So what we're, is, Go ahead. Well, we got to our top 10. Well, it was supposed to be 80s movies, but Scott decided to go off the beaten path and throw in some <laughs> 70s movies. I didn't decide that. It just happened. So uh, we're how, doing... How, how does it just happen? Okay, Tony, <laughs> scariest movie you've ever seen. What is it? Tell us right now. Exorcist. Exorcist. All right. Very good. Let's see if that makes our <laughs> Wait, oh, wait, wait. Scott, you sound like... Our... I yes, surprised I like... you. No, not at all. I am not surprised. Cool. Cool, dog. It's not my scariest. What's your scariest? I can't tell you. You got to wait till the top ten. Yeah, we oh, got uh, We build up drama and tension and the whole thing. And I didn't see The Exorcist till like nineteen eighty nine or something. See, that's why it's not your scariest. And we'll right. talk about that later. I wasn't Correct. old enough to see it. I wasn't a hoodlum like you going to see movies. <laughs> that movie came out in like nineteen seventy six. You were like twelve. Twelve, John. That's right. Twelve. Unbelievable. Forever. Right. No doubt. So when are you going to do your top 10 scary movies? Right after we hang up on you. Nice. Okay. Then that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, good luck to you and uh, everything that's going on there. In the Jesus, fuck you! Jesus, fuck you! Jesus, fuck you! Jesus, fuck you! Lick me! Lick me! Keep away! The sow is mine! Keep away! Yeah. Yeah. Scott's got roids. Alright, well, thanks for the update, uh, Tony. We're gonna... Hey, Tony. No problem. Thank you guys for checking in and uh, stay out of trouble. And uh, I will catch up with you uh, sometime uh, in the near future. Alright, later. All right, guys. Be good. Bye. Good night. Bye. All right, folks. It was the uh, the papooch. always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. The Pete Tony. Yeah. The papooch. Hey, you shit stabber. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't that catch on, John? Why didn't shit stabber catch on? I, I don't know. Part of. Um, Part of uh, slang in Our, America. Uh, well, maybe it will be if we keep <laughs> saying it. Shit you shit stabber! <laughs> All right, are we going to do our top ten or what? Top ten.
10, John. Yeah. What do you think? So we're going to count down from 10 to 1. Right. Now, the original concept was uh, horror movies of the 80s, but what I what happened to me is I put my top 10 together, and, and I went to get the, the links, the references, yeah. these top 10, and two of them were in the 70s. So mine is the late 70s, 80s. Not mine. Because <laughs> I went back and I checked and I went, aha. That is a 70s movie. I must not put that in the list. See, I didn't have the time for that. I really didn't. Oh, you've had nothing but time. Put mine together like 30 minutes before all, I... All uh, you've been doing is just shopping. Yeah, how can, I, oh, how can I research and shop at the same time? Right. Right. I don't know. All right, ready? You start. Give me your number 10... Oh, or do you want to start with honorable mention? Uh, we could start with number 10. You could sit through number- my honorable mentions for once. At the end? At yeah. The end? Yeah. Very end? Okay. So who's going to give their first uh I'll, I'll go. You go first. Number 10, Reanimator. Reanimator, yeah, 1985 American science fiction horror film based on the H.P. Lovecraft story. Herbert West, Reanimator. Uh, it became uh, it was very gory, uh, scary, and 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 had some comedy, little levity in it. Became a uh, a cult classic. It did. It's a cult it, film. Uh. One more, uh, you mentioned that, uh, and if I were to have an honorable mention, that yeah. would be in it, because nice. I enjoyed that movie. That little wiener coming out of his head. <laughs> ah, what is that? <laughs> yeah. So we both recommend The Reanimator, yeah. if you haven't seen it. Uh, so my top ten list started out as the scariest, right? But I, I couldn't think of ten scary movies, so I completed the list with movies that were supposed to be scary, but I really enjoyed. I thought they were really well made. All right. So some of them really scared the well, shit out of me. Well, did we say top ten scary? I thought we just said top ten horror movies. Oh, okay. Horror. Horror. Well, again, yeah, we don't sit down. We don't spend enough time on the detail. I walk away with one interpretation. You have another one. So this is the list that I... We just don't plan anymore. With. We used to have put <laughs> right. time we used into to have, the like, show. We used to meet for like two hours yeah. outside of the show to talk about All the right, show. We here we're going to go. Uh, let's do a bit. Let's record this. It'll just take a half hour. Four hours later. <laughs> yeah, remember that? What's yeah. the last bit we did, man? The last bit. We got to get back to bits. Bits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is that, are you finished with yeah, your top ten? To, no, My- no, just the one. Just ten. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> number ten. My number 10, John, is called The Thing, released in 1982 wow. by John Carpenter. It's got uh, Kurt Russell, one of my favorite actors in it. And it's set in the Arctic, John. Scientists in the Arctic are confronted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of the people that it kills. What's really cool about this movie is you don't know if it's if it's the person who's like your best friend for the last 20 years or if it's the alien impersonating that person. Yeah. A lot of tension. 
a lot of scares yeah. in the thing. So this movie, I was it's a well-made movie yeah. and I was truly scared, frightened by this movie, John. The one thing about it, it was set in the Arctic, so yeah. uh I just don't have to go there and I don't have to think about it. <laughs> I you know what I'm saying? I yeah. can come home in my nice bedroom and sleep and I don't have to think about it because it happened all the way in the Arctic. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is my number nine. Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. 1984 horror film. Uh, it, it has no stars in it, I don't think. Uh, but I, it, was, it was disturbing to me because... It's about this kid who witnesses the uh, a brutal murder of his parents at the hands of a guy in a Santa suit, and he grows up in a Catholic orphanage, and uh, and he ends up going into a killing spree himself. And the film ca- caused an uproar when, in 1984, during the holiday season, and has developed a cult following ever since. So uh, that's. Uh, I don't know why, but I, I this this movie disturbed me when I saw it because uh, he just fucks some people up with an axe and stuff. And uh, what year did it come out? Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four, and you saw it at the theater. I did. So you were uh, like twenty. Yes. Yes. That is your number nine. Number nine. It's R rated. Rated R. Rated R, Scott. My number nine, John. My number nine. Let me check my list. Checking it twice. (laughs) (laughs) Checking it twice, John. My my number nine is the Changeling. The Changeling. Do you know who's in this? No. Angelina Jolie. I don't Oh, What? It's directed by... That's like 2010. Oh, you <laughs> fucking idiot. That's like, <laughs> you're not even following the rules at all. No, oh, I got my God. What the... <laughs> oh, my God. Why do we bother? The details, <laughs> man. <laughs> the details. I sent you tax 80s, right? Oh, yeah, because that's the only time I saw horror movies. <laughs> Angelina Jolie would have been a, a, a meepa. <laughs> that's not you? the movie I meant. Hold on. <laughs> My legs got screwed up. Hold on, man. Changeling with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> Unbelievable. Not that one. The channeling. <laughs> <laughs> You see what happens when yeah. you're not educated, John? <laughs> <laughs> the channeling. I've never heard of that film. 1980. George <laughs> C. Scott was in it. <laughs> a man staying at a secluded historical mansion finds his life being haunted by the presence of a specter. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this on uh, like VHS. I didn't see it at the theater, but I saw it on VHS. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I really can't remember too much about it, other yeah. than George Scott. He was one of my favorite <laughs> actors. Patton, of course. Uh, he's also in um, 
that uh, one with Peter Sellers about dropping the bomb. Oh, yeah, I, Dr. Strangelove. Strangelove, yes. Mm-hmm. What are you drinking? I am drinking. It's, it's funny you should ask, John. <laughs> I went to Costco to pick up Knob Creek, yeah. and they didn't have any Knob Creek. So my Costco, the one that I go to in Mount Prospect, does not have Knob Creek anymore. No. So what did I do? I went and got the uh, Kirkland, the Kirkland Kentucky bourbon. <laughs> How is it? <laughs> it's all right. It's all it, right. It's, uh, I researched it. It's a Jim Bean product. Ah. So I've been researching. And well, that's the, Knob Creek. No, Knob Creek is not Jim Bean. So uh, there are Costco's that still carry Knob Creek. So I'm wondering... Are they just get rid of, getting rid of their stock and then they will no longer carry Knob Creek? But on Monday, I had an opportunity to stop at Sam's Warehouse. Or is it Sam's Club? Yeah. I don't know. They carry Knob Creek. So I have a, a colleague who's a member there. I gave him 25 cash. He's going to hook me up with uh, the Knob. Knob Creek is a brand of Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey produced by Beam Inc. at the Jim Beam Distillery. You're kidding me. Claremont, Kentucky. Wrong again. (laughs) I win. One to nothing. I guess I'll stick with the the Kirkwood then. Yeah. It's got kind of a medicine-y smell to it. You know, like you if you had an open wound, you'd pour it out the wound. It's like a scotch, that peaty scotch smell. Yeah, I I prefer the Knob Creek. Yeah. Really. Me too. It's oaky. It's aged. Yeah, so not the the channeling, the changeling, John, is my number nine. No, the changeling is the one with Angelina Jolie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do this with you. What is going on? No, man, I'm looking at I'm looking at the title right here. The changeling. The changeling. That's what George C. Scott. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you say channeling? That's the one with Angelina Jolie. No, I was it's, saying it's, not. No, it's Changeling with Angelina too. So they're named the same goddamn thing. No wonder I'm confused. Yes. All right, there you have it. 2008, the Changeling. <laughs> Are you sure it's the same film? No, it's not the same film. It's a different it's film. It's called the same, though? It's called The it's Changeling? The it must have the same title. C-H-A-N-G-E-L-I-N-G. Yeah, yeah. This one, 1980, George C. Scott, 7.3 out of 10, IMDb. Oh, you know, I think I have seen this film. Scared the shit out of me. Yeah. I was watching it on my VHS at home. Like as a, a senior in high school, or yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I may yeah. even have have rented uh, rent it, <laughs> rented it, it on beta, John. Yeah, yeah. All right, my number eight. Ready? I'm ready. This is from 1985. It's a black comedy horror film, The Return of the Living Dead. The Return yeah. of the Living Dead. Yeah, it's the one with a bunch of teenage punks that are partying in this uh, 
graveyard? In this graveyard. And, yeah, yeah. That and was this, good. I like yeah, that. Guy pops open uh, some sort of fucking nuclear shit in the basement of a... I think it's like a... a not, not a funeral home, but... Uh, yeah, like a funeral home or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like, they have a, a cadaver or a, uh, a biology... A dog cut in half, like for studying its bio, its anatomy, and it's and it comes alive. <laughs> it's like the legs are running. Remember, I remember that. There, that was good. That that's on my honorable mention. Yeah, Joe, well, that's yeah. It's, and there's nudity in it too. Yeah, which is always great. Hungry zombies, it. punk bands. What else? That was what my else? Number John? eight. Number eight. What's my you? number eight, John. Friday the 13th. Number eight. Wow. Friday the 13th. It gets a 6.4 out of 10. Camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp that was the site of a child's drowning. Yeah. So uh, that name, came out. Name in that child. 1980. Name, name the child. It was uh, Jason, wasn't it? Voorhees. Voorhees. Jason, Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Voorhees. I think yeah. that's what it was, yeah. You know what the inspiration was? Or... Uh, yes. Please tell me. Yeah. I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm backwards on it. I'll, I'll yeah. We're on to number seven now. <laughs> Hold on, Sally Field auditioned for the role of Alice Hardy. She didn't get it. She was not in Friday the Thirteenth. Wasn't Kevin that? Bacon in it? Was he? I don't know. Yeah, he's, he's in, in a lot of stuff. He's in it. A lot of stuff. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I think he got the uh, the arrow through his chest from underneath the bed. You are right, John. Kevin Bacon played Jack Burrell in Friday the 13th. That's right. All All right. My number seven? Number seven. 1984 horror slasher film directed by Wes Craven. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Scott. Nightmare on Elm Street, number seven. And a funny story about this. I went and saw it. I can't remember with who. I think... uh, I think with a girlfriend or something. And then I went and took a friend of mine, Mike. I'm like, Mike, you got to see this movie. You'll shit your pants when you... It's so fucking scary, right? Right. I take him... He's laughing through the whole fucking thing. I go, hey, this isn't funny. He goes, dude, this is hilarious, man. I can't... What? I can't believe you, you were scared. Yeah. Inspiration for this film uh, are basically... Uh, the horror film Halloween, it basically, uh, that and Friday the 13th, they all jumped on that bandwagon. Johnny so, Depp was in this, wasn't he? Yeah, Johnny yes. Depp's in the, yeah. Yes, Johnny Depp. His film debut, Scott. Really? Yeah. hmm And, of course, Freddy Krueger played by Robert Englund. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That Robert Anglin, that's that's correct a mundo.
I believe in you. I want to Yeah. Yeah. Freddy Krueger, man. My number seven, John. Number seven? Yeah. Is that what we're on? Yeah. My number seven. American Werewolf in London, wow. 1981. Two American tourists in Britain are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. 7.6 out of 10. And whoever the woman was in this movie, that was the first crush I had. Oh, yeah. English woman. Right. And especially because he goes down on her and she just right. really gets into it. I had like the biggest boner. <laughs> I mean, in the movie theater? Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, oh ooh. Yeah, I was scared like a minute ago, but now I'm not. Now I'm not. <laughs> Is it hot in here? <laughs> Let me butter my popcorn. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't like uh, what what one would consider a natural beauty, but there was something about her. You know what I'm saying, John? Something <laughs> about her. Like she wasn't going to be a model. She's not going to be a model. Right. But there was something about her that was really, she really was attractive. Sensuous. Two so teenage num- boys. <laughs> right. So number six for me, Scott, 1980, Friday the 13th. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Friday the 13th. Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Anything else to say about that? No. No. Nothing. Kevin Bacon was in it. You got nothing else? What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I gave my up, number six, John. I, I'm the one that gave you Kevin Bacon, how he was killed. That was going to be my, you know, what I was going to say when I said Friday the 13th. But no. My number six. Number six for Scott. To PG, 114 minute runtime. Uh, released June 4th, 1982. You know, that's that was uh, five days before I graduated high school. How Day about after that, after my birthday. <clears throat> And the uh, 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 five days before mine. How about that? Yeah. Uh, a family's home is haunted by a host of ghosts. Wow, what a summary on IMDb. <laughs> Poltergeist. And uh, Steven Spielberg was one of the writers here. Oh, yeah. I forgot Stars about that one. Joe Beth Williams. Uh, you remember that scene where the ghost yeah. came in and she was like wearing underwear and a yeah. football jersey? Oh, yeah. That was... That was hot. Damn it. I forgot all about that one. How did I miss that one? Poltergeist, 1982. Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams. Yeah, because that was like the freakiest scene when the dude was ripping his face open in the mirror. Yeah, that didn't bother me. The one scene that bothered me uh, for a long time. When she fell uh, in the pool? No, that didn't bother me. No. (laughs) (laughs) The tree breaking into the Oh, yeah. That didn't bother me. The, the damn the clown. The clown, yeah. Clown bugged the shit out of me. That clown. Yeah. He was sitting there, and then he wasn't, and then he was under the bed. <laughs> but, the, uh, but the kid did it. He played it so good. The look on his face was like, he's going to piss his pants. Yeah. And then there's the clown. You know, my daughter, she's uh, she's seen some of these newer horror movies, which I haven't seen because I'm, I'm just not into ho- these horror movies anymore. I don't I think I could take it. Well, I laugh like your friend that you went to the movie and he ended up laughing the whole time. Oh. That's what I do when I see these movies now. I just laugh at them. Um, 
So I, I really don't watch any of them, but she does. So she's seen Paranormal, uh, this and that and the other thing. So I told her about Poltergeist, and it was on Netflix. And I say, yeah. hey, you want to see a really scary movie? Let's move <laughs> it. She probably She's laughed. Like, oh, she was like, oh, this is stupid. This is, you know, because you can tell it's an older movie. And I'm like, well, just let's just watch it. It'll be cool. And uh, uh, she had me turn it off. Like 30 minutes in, she could not watch it anymore. Really? She's like, oh, yeah. She, it scared her more than any of these new movies wow. that she's been watching. Poltergeist. Wow. My number six, John. Number five for me, Scott. 1987 British horror film based on the novella The Hellbound Heart. That'd be by Clive Barker. Hellraiser. Hellraiser, Scott. I've never seen that. It was number 19 on the cable channel Bravo's list of 100 scariest movie moments. Yeah. Talking about maybe doing a remake in 3D. I've never seen that, but uh, we played a gig. Were you our drummer at that time? We played yeah. a wing gig, and Deidre's brother... Yeah, came in uh, with the, the... And he won, didn't he? He yeah. won the costume contest. It didn't hurt that we were the judges, but... Um, <laughs> pinhead. Yeah, he was Pinhead. It was good. It was yeah. good. Your number five. My number five, John. My number five is not a movie that came out in the eighties. It's a movie that came out <laughs> It's a movie that came out in nineteen seventy four. Which I didn't realize until like uh, a half an hour before we went on and I didn't want to shuffle my list around. So I I bent the rules a little bit. Nineteen seventy four, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. You ever see that one? Yeah. One of my favorite scary movies. Five friends visiting, but we're talking eighties, so you know, hey, hunted down and terrorized by a chainsaw wielding killer and his family <laughs> of grave robbing cannibals. And this is based on a true story of a Wisconsin man named Ed Gein, yeah, that was a serial killer, and he would take the victim's skin and he would make like lampshades, yeah, and gloves and whatever out of their skin, yeah. And that movie scared the shit out of me. I never wanted to go to Wisconsin after that. We would drive to the Pub and Grub years later. I didn't want to go to the Pub and Grub, even though it was always uh, 294. Well, you know? the Silence of a Lamb guy, was uh, he was also... Yeah, he was um, also one of those guys. The Gein guys, yeah. He was... Uh, Put the lotion on the skin or get the hose again. <laughs> Candy cane. <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket. Oh, sorry. Or what? It's not on the skin. Put the lotion in the basket <laughs> or get the hose again. Is that what he says? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck he says. Candy cane. Candy cane. That's another movie, Joyride, that I loved. Candy. Oh, Joyride. Yeah, that's the 90s, though, isn't it? Yeah. Joyride. Candy Cane. Candy Cane. That's from Joyride? Yeah. I thought that was from Candy Cane. <laughs> from Candy Cane? <laughs> no, no, Is there no. a movie called Candy Cane? The Sandman. The Sandman. Sandman? No. Yeah. Candy Cane. Oh, uh, same dude in, yeah. in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Right. That's that right. Stupid ass was like, pretend to be this chick Candy Cane on the CB. 
Right. And they'd be driving. Joyride. That was a great one. I like that. That's my honorable mention. Joyride. Candy cane. <laughs> Put the lotion in the basket or get the hose again. Wasn't that what he says? No. Wasn't she like a real fat girl? Like a real <laughs> fat girl. <laughs> Can you help me move the sofa in my van? So yeah, my no, number Nick. four. Ready, Scott? Yeah, <clears throat> ready. Number four. 1981. It's a werewolf horror theme. Th- theme. <laughs> <laughs> is it the howling, John? It is the howling. Because that makes my honorable mention. Oh, the howling was so awesome. The special effects and full frontal nudity. Full frontal, Scott. Yeah, full frontal. Frontal. You know, um, when I was... uh, The first time I saw a bush, I was like, what the fuck? What is that? (laughs) The first time you saw a bush was... I mean, on on the screen with other people in the theater with me. (laughs) On the big screen. Uh, When I was younger, I read some article, some science thing that said... Um, horror movies for girls anyway. I don't know if this is the same for boys. I can't remember. And I was just concentrating on the girls. But horror movies for girls are equivalent to the same type of tension and anxiety they get uh, in a sexual situation. So, if you want to uh, to make... Uh, if you want to have action with the girl, you bring her to a horror movie... And it's an easy transition uh, to take those feelings they got from the horror movie and turn those into sexual feelings. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of my strategies. <laughs> yeah, figures. <laughs> Here, this, I don't ever remember it this working. This is a scary but... part. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Preston button. Here's a scary part. Uh, what are we on? Number, you're number four. Oh, no, let me finish up here. Roger Ebert dismissed the the movie as the silliest film seen in some time. Really? Yeah, but Gene Siskel liked the film and gave it three and a half stars out of four. And Leonard Maltin also wrote in his book 2002 movie and video guide that The Howling is a hip, well-made horror film. I've never seen it. Yeah. I should check it out. Check it out. It's on Netflix. Uh, my number four, John. Is that what we're on? Number four? Yeah. Uh, it was it was made in 1978, but I didn't see it until the 80s, right? Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of breaking the rules a little bit. But since I didn't see it until the 80s, it's on my list. And I saw it at the midnight movie. Midnight movie. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Oh, yeah. Following Ever growing up at the... Of zombies that have risen from the dead, two Philadelphia SWAT team members, a traffic reporter, and his television executive girlfriend seek refuge in a secluded shopping mall. And, uh, yeah, this movie scared the shit out of me. Um, First of all, uh, getting back to the connection between sexuality and horror, again, I had the biggest crush on the television executive girlfriend, even Uh, though she smoked. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, had a huge crush on her and her boyfriend, the helicopter pilot. 
or whatever he was. He was gay. Everybody could tell that. I could tell that. Yeah. What is she doing with him? She should be with me. And I had a huge right. crush on uh, This gets eight, 8 out of 10 on IMDb. So we saw this at the Midnight Movie. And on the way back, we got lost. And we ended up by Cabrini Green. Whoa. And uh, we said, okay, let's park the car. And it's a bunch of white kids, suburban white kids in Cabrini yeah. Green, which is one of the, um, I guess. Most it, dangerous. Most dangerous places in Chicago. The projects. But it, so we saw them in that movie. So it's like 3 a.m. And, and we get lost. We're by Cabrini Green. So we all, we parked the car <laughs> and we all ran and touched the, one of the buildings at Cabrini Green. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be doing that. Go ahead, you dummies. I'll wait here. And when I hear the gunshots, so then, later. I remember getting home, and so I get home at three thirty, and uh, I lived with my mother. So this was. It wasn't. I don't think I was in... I may have been in high school. I, I still may have been in high school. I remember getting home at 3.30 and and going into my mother's room and had a flashlight or some type of light to make sure that she wasn't kind of like a, a blue... zombie. zombie. Yeah, zombie <laughs> color. Because I was so freaked out by this movie. <laughs> my mom's not a zombie. I can go to sleep. But even then, I couldn't go to sleep. I had a really. I'm learning more and more shit about you every day, man. <laughs> so I think I, I basically, I think I stayed up until the sun came up, and then I was able to go to sleep because it uh, scared the shit out of me. Yeah. This movie, and I had a huge crush on the executive yeah. producer. My number three, an American Werewolf in London. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Well, how about that, John? Because my number three is Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So I think we just swapped. Yeah. My my number three because an American Werewolf in London, I don't know how many times when he wakes up from that dream, it scares the fuck out of me that two times. Remember where he's he's asleep right. in the hospital and, and he's the, out of the dream, but it's still a dream. Yeah, and the Nazi like <laughs> the Nazi guys come in and and then yeah, it's still a dream. Oh my god, that mo- that part scared the fuck out of me. And then when they're walking in the marsh, I hate that shit, you know? And I could tell my son is a lot like me. He hates those parts of the movies. Because we went and saw uh, uh, When the Earth Stood Still. And there's a scene where they're walking and the music starts going. And he goes, Dad, can we go? (laughs) In the middle of the film. He will not watch a horror movie with me, but he does watch uh, The Walking Dead. He loves it. I love it, too. It's good. It's good. I've seen the first season. Yeah. Oh, you got to see the new season. It's badass. The first three are just insane. All right, John, my number three. Mine number three it came out in 1980. A lot of these movies came out in 1980, yeah. at least half of them. My number three is, and it's probably the highest rated, uh, The Shining. 
with Jack Nicholson. I thought you said your number three was Friday the 13th. Or, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, that uh, was my number four. My number four was uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we're on three, and you're on right. three. Yeah. Okay, got what, it. Did you give your number three? Yeah, I did. I did. And it was Friday the 13th. American Werewolf in London. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for playing along. <laughs> right on, man. I think there's something wrong with my headphones. Uh my number three, John, is The Shining, 8.5 out of 10. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where an evil and spiritual presence influences the father into violence. While his psychic son sees horrific forbiddings, forebodings from the past and the future. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jack Nicholson uh, really sets this movie apart, uh, his performance in The Shining. And you got the Stanley Kubrick there as the director. Uh, this one scared the shit out of me. I tell you that right now, yeah, John. Yeah. My number three. My number two, Scott? Yes. The Thing, 1982. The Thing. There you science, go. Well, because it was a little science fiction, a little horror. Uh, and I also love Kurt Russell in the film. He's got the big old beard. Uh, but uh, it had to be one of the coolest visual makeup effects I, I mean, at the time, it, it looked so real, you know? Now you look at it, it looks like claymation. But back then, it was like, what the fuck? And it was pretty repulsive. Uh, so it was horrifying. It was it was one of those barf bag kind of movies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, right, s- speaking of Kurt Russell, do you ever see the movie uh, Tango and Cash? I did, yeah. It was Sly, yeah. right? Sly's in that? Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that movie. I don't know I why. I saw it once, and I, I I didn't know what the fuck was going on. <laughs> I didn't either, but I kind of liked it. The uh, <laughs> I thought uh, uh, the character Kurt Russell played was really funny because he was so cocky and he ripped into Sly so much. I liked it. Yeah, Kurt Russell. Uh, I I have no idea who this person is, other than what I see on the screen. But for some reason, I feel that Kurt Russell is a really cool fucking guy. Yeah, that we would love to just sit down and have a beer with. He just seems like a really cool guy, doesn't oh, he? Man, ever since I saw him in, in Snake Plissken. Yeah, or Sky yeah. High, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when I started liking him. <laughs> when he's wearing a plastic suit. All right, John. My number two and my number one kind of get away from the eighties a little bit because yeah, uh, I, you know, what else? But interesting uh, thing about this is my memory. So my memory, something's wrong with my memory. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, number two on my list came out in 1975. Scared the shit out of me. Uh, This is uh, 8.2 out of 10. Another Steven Spielberg film, Jaws. Oh, yeah. And I uh, have always enjoyed swimming. I've been a swimmer my entire life. But the summer after I saw Jaws, I even in a pool, even in a pool, going in a pool, I had second thoughts about about going in the deep end. Yeah. And I remember at least a good four weeks after I saw this movie, when I had to take a bath, I would fill the tub like an inch 
just an inch. <laughs> and I would get in and out as quickly as I could. That's how fucking frightened yeah. I was by this movie. So it came out in 75. So my memory is my uncle took me to see this movie and my number one movie during the same summer. But I'm trying to figure out how that can happen because they came out two years apart. Yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Now, my number two, Jaws. Yeah. John. My Jaws. number one, Scott. Yeah. Now, I didn't see this in 1980 when it came out, but uh, I saw it later. It might have been on, like, uh, on TV or something like that. And it was one of your, I don't know what number it was for you, but for me, number one, scared the shit out of me, The Shining. The Shining. Yeah, it was my number three. Red Rob! Yeah. Hold on, this is your number two? This is my number one. I said my number Number two. Number one, right, number one. Number one. The Shining. The Shining, Jack. yeah, with Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman, Scatman Crothers, Danny Lloyd. Uh, interesting uh, note about this film. Um, there's, uh, there's a conspiracy theory that this movie was made uh, as a protest to the lunar landing and that... There are all these little images within the entire film. You got to look it up. It's it's on YouTube. It's online. Just look up uh, uh, "Lunar Landing: The Shining," and it's Stanley Kubrick saying, "Hey, I'm the one who faked the lunar landing. I did all the video for that, and I can't tell anyone, or else I'll be killed. But this is what I'm going to do." I'm going to make this movie, and there's imagery within this film uh, that ties, you know, th- that says that that I'm the guy who who faked the lunar landing. So that's one little tidbit. The other one is is that Stephen King, who wrote the book, uh, has been quoted as saying that although Kubrick made a film with memorable imagery, it was not a good adaptation of his novel. And is the only adaptation of his novels that he could remember hating. Uh, notably, before this, King often said he did not care about the film adaptations of his novels. But he did say, parts of the film are chilling, charged with a relentlessly claustrophobic terror, but others fall flat. Not that religion has to be involved in horror, but a visceral skeptic such as Kubrick just couldn't grasp the sheer inhuman evil of the Overlook Hotel. So he looked, instead, for the evil in the characters and made the film into a domestic tragedy with only vaguely supernatural overtones. That was the basic flaw, because he couldn't believe, he couldn't make the film believable to others. What's basically wrong with Kubrick's version of The Shining is that it's a film by a man who thinks too much and feels too little, and that's why, for all its virtuoso effects... It never gets you by the throat and hangs on the way real horror should. I, I disagree with that. The fact that it is such a human horror film, somebody going kooky like that, for whatever reason, because of the snow, because he's got writer's block, whatever, that's scarier than anything. And then there are some, like the ghosts, the the twins. I don't think there were twins in the original book, were they? It was just one one kid. One girl, wasn't it? I don't know. I agree with you, though, John. I disagree with uh, 
It's funny that we disagree with the author who wrote the book. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. It's the human element because, uh, well, we're atheists, right? So that supernatural stuff. So even if we saw this movie today, I think we it would still carry a lot of the weight that it did when we saw it originally because it's a human experience. It it theoretically this could happen to us. Yeah, we could lose our fucking minds, right? Uh, just like Jack Nicholson. And if you throw in all that supernatural hoo ha, that's when it. That's why I don't get into these movies anymore. Yeah, it's because it's all nonsense to me, and and I laugh at them. But when I was younger and I didn't, you know, I, I proclaimed my atheism when I was seven or eight. I didn't know what that was at the time, but it really didn't sink in till later in life. Uh, but now at our age, the supernatural stuff is, is just nonsense. Yeah. So the, the shining brings that human element into it. And I think that's what really makes it. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson's performance really makes it, yeah. uh, frightening i completely agree with you john and uh i disregard kubrick's uh, not kubrick's uh, King. uh king's well Shel- shelly devolves like she's got those naturally giant eyeballs and her big mouth and teeth her her like horror on her face was so convincing mm-hmm. uh so that that kind of scared the shit out of me so what anyway so what's your number one scott my number one, John, is also a movie that came out in the 70s, 1973. Oh, um, so here's my memory. My memory is my uncle took me to Jaws and The Exorcist like within a month apart. What, were you 12 years old? 1973, yeah. you're like, dude, you're like a uh, right. nine. Right. right. So that's why oh, I, my. my memory must be wrong. Unless... I don't know how they release movies back then. I mean, did did uh, when I when I look at IMDb and it says 1973, was that when it was made? When it was released? I don't know. Maybe but it came memory, back around later. I think it yeah. came back around in the theaters later. So my memory is I was like 12 or 11, and my uncle took me to see these two movies in the same summer, and it was one of the worst summers I've ever had <laughs> because. I saw The Exorcist, which um, is really... Uh, now, you know, I've seen it. I saw it when I was um, in high school. Yeah. And I remember I, I, my reaction, I was laughing at it. I was laughing. It, yeah. It, no, it didn't. But when I was 11 and I saw it, I mean, it scared the shit out of me. And we had the same type of pull-down attic, you know, yeah. where you stairs down. And that was like right outside my room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then a couple weeks later, he takes me to see Jaws. That's my memory. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was over two summers. I don't know. Oh, you told me that this is you're telling this story exactly how you told it before. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole summer was ruined. I, I had trouble sleeping in my own house. And I couldn't do something that I, well, I could, but I couldn't enjoy it as much. Swim. Uh, I was, I didn't get in, we'd go swimming to like Cedar Lake or some lake. Cedar Lake? Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't go in the lake. Forget that. You can barely get me in a bathtub. And if I go in a pool, I'm going to stay at the shallow end. Yeah. Honey Hill. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and I guess walking into the exorcist, I really didn't have a upbringing like you did in the Catholic Church. My only religious education was the Ten Commandments and knowing that there was a God and a devil yeah, and there was a hell. And that was it. So I walked in and so I had no idea about exorcism and possession yeah. and, and the whole deal. And that fucking scared the shit out of me. Like it, there was a time where I uh, uh, thought... How do I not be possessed? I do not want to be possessed. How do I make that not happen? Yeah, right. And I didn't know how. Uh, I, too, had uh, Exorcist written down. That was going to be on my list, but then I found out it was made in 1973. And I, hadn't, I saw it in, like, 1988 or 87. Mm-hmm. Um at a girlfriend's house on VHS and I was deathly ill. I had like a hundred and two fever. I had the Hershey squirts. I was nauseous. So the whole movie, there's like it's vomit in there like I don't know how many times. So I wasn't feeling too good during the whole film. Um but it did it did uh it did strike a chord with me, a memorable chord, especially uh just how violent this little girl was to herself in this film. And I'm like, wow, I couldn't imagine. And I remember people telling me that the, uh, the, the guy, Jimmy, who plays bass with the alternate past was telling mm-hmm. me about this movie when I was whatever, nine or 10, when he went and saw it. Cause he was, he's four years older than me. So he went and saw it, and he was saying how people were puking and running out of the theaters. Uh, but I wasn't a- a- allowed to see it. I wasn't old enough. So that was one of my... On- I put that on my honorable mention list. And all my honorable mentions are from the 70s, because I played by the rules. Hold on. One more thing about The Exorcist. Yeah. The people that were running out of the theaters puking when it first came out, uh, it was released in New York, I think, first, and then L.A. But what what they did in the original uh, screening of The Exorcist is they had subliminal images. And this is before a lot of the science was yeah. in on all this stuff. And originally they were going to use it for advertisement, like they would put popcorn or Pepsi or Coke uh, subliminally, like one or two frames yeah. where visually you couldn't see it, but your subconscious picks it up and it would increase popcorn sales or increase Coke sales. And The Exorcist, what they did is they took um, real life uh, scenes like a car accident where people's bodies were hanging out of the car <laughs> and they cut those into the, into the film. Uh, so when you're watching it, you, you didn't pick it up visually, but subconsciously, you you receive that uh, image or that message, and that's why people were in the original screenings were running out vomiting and 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 all that stuff. And then I did not know that they had to go back and and recut it, and and they made them remove all that stuff. Um, so I'm not sure which one I saw. I probably didn't see the original cut with the subliminal images. Um, but, uh, yes, I remember that story. 
in the newspaper. Yeah. So I'm sorry, John. Honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah, that ended up being on my honorable mentions. Also, The Omen. Oh, uh, The Omen. When did that come out? In 1976. Yes, that was a great Gregory Peck. Yeah. Great movie. R-rated. Halloween, 1978, R-rated. Uh, that, uh, who got their start in that movie, John? Uh, that would be, um, uh, what's her name? Jamie. Jamie Curtis. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. Le- Jamie Lee Curtis, that's right. Uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a creepy movie, too. The music f- was creepy. Uh, Jaws, 1975 PG. Still, my kids, we watched it, uh, and they were freaked out by it until the shark jumped out on the boat. And then they're like, oh, it looks so fake, Dad. I'm like, shut up, man. It scared the <laughs> crap out of me when I was a little kid. You don't know. You don't know nothing. So here's an honorable mention. This is for Joe, our first guest on the show. Mm-hmm. He'll never forget this film. I'll never forget this film called Pieces, 1982. Honorable mention. It's a, a span, I believe, a Spanish-made film. It's called Mil Gritos Tien La Noche. Trans, the translation is A Thousand Screams in the Night. It's a cult classic slasher horror film and drive-in favorite. Uh, it was directed by Spanish filmmaker Juan Piquer. Simon and uh, basically bodies of women are slashed up and this guy like starts sewing them together and I I can't recall Joe will have to tell me if I'm right or wrong but this pieces doll or whatever that zombie that gets sewn together ends up grabbing the guy who sewed her all together by the balls and squeezes him so hard they pop or is nuts like two eggs oh. and blood squirts out everywhere. The sound is is uh, is horrible. Yeah, so I can imagine pieces. I wonder if uh, if if it's on YouTube here. I have some honorable mentions. So you John. get that sound of the. Oh, another thing I forgot to mention is Reanimator. You can watch the whole movie on uh, YouTube. You know what else you can watch on YouTube? The whole movie? The catheter movie with a K. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Right on, John. Yeah, I'm happy about that. Honorable mention for me, Child's Play, 1988. Yeah. Child's Play with Chucky. Remember that? Chucky in Child's Play. Oh, and another honorable mention. I'm not sure when this came out. Let me look it up really quickly. But uh, horror movie, but just you get a really horrific feeling after you see this movie. This came out in 2009. The Human Centipede. It's just awful. It's just, it's just so vile. It's so vulgar and horrific. Just the th- thought of that yeah. is just repugnant and repulsive and uh, really bad. One more honorable mention. Oh, pieces. Kids axing this chick right in the head like a nine-year-old. 
Now he's sawing her. Phone's ringing. It's... If you want to watch it on YouTube, it's called All of the Murders from Pieces. (laughs) One more honorable mention. Also came out in 1980. A lot of horror movies in 1980. Motel Hell. Oh, yeah. Motel Hell, 1980. Right. Some of the classics, John. The groundbreaking, cutting-edge horror movies. Oh, here we go. This is the scene where the guy's nuts get grabbed. (laughs) They haven't grabbed him yet. Now. Oh, did you hear that? (laughs) It sounds like the dick break, doesn't it? (laughs) <laughs> Wait, listen, listen again. You'll hear him pop. Here, here we go. Oh, that's for Joe. We saw that together. Pieces, nineteen eighty-two. Did you see it uh, medicated? Uh, I don't know if we were into that at that age. I don't think so. Nice. Yeah, so that's that's that. That's the top 10 80s horror films. I didn't deviate from them. Uh, but I did. I, I deviated quite I, a bit. I did see a really scary uh, movie with my wife called The Grudge. Did you see that movie? No, no, I haven't even heard of it. I've always had this really weird, I don't know why, but when we were kids, we used to, there's some older kids in our neighborhood that used to scare the shit out of us with those uh, Bloody Mary stories about the mirror and turning the lights off and looking in the mirror and saying Bloody Mary like 10 times and she appears in the mirror. So when I was a kid running up the stairs at my grandma's house... She had on the landing, uh, like a a little pedestal, uh, like a little half moon table pushed up against the wall, and then a mirror, like you know when you the ladies would go down the stairs and they take one quick look in the mirror, uh, but you would face it just before you made the left to go up the final three stairs, mm-hmm. and I would purposely r- run as fast as I could and not look in the mirror. I think until I was 25 years old. Nice. Because sometimes the moon would shine in the window a little bit and you would catch your reflection, or I would, and it would scare the shit out of me. So uh, there's a movie called Suspiria from the 70s uh, where the chick is leaning into a window with the... She grabs the lamp and she's leaning into the window and these two yellow eyes pop out. Uh, and she's like three floors up. It, it just, you know, it's one of those jump things. Ah! Another scary film. Saw it with uh, Deidre and my lovely wife. We thought it was going to be a cool science fiction film. Turned out to be a bloody horror film. I had nail marks all over my arms uh, called Event Horizon. Event 
Horizon. Event. I have not seen that. Horizon. It's. I believe it's on Netflix. Event. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is in it. Uh, it's 1997, I believe it came out. Yeah. Nice. Scary film. Scary. Scary. Sam, Sam Neill is in it. Lawrence Fishburne. Uh... It's uh, in 2047, the rescue vessel Lewis and Clark is dispatched to answer a distress signal received from the event horizon, a starship that disappeared during its maiden voyage seven years prior. Captain Miller, Lawrence Fishburne and his crew um, and medical examiner, blah, 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 blah. Basically, when they get there. Uh, yeah, a lot of shit goes down. They're trying to figure out what's going on. They get some video. On the video, they see people are are murdered, and uh, Sam Neill turns into a, a fucking the devil or something. I don't know what he turns into. Uh, but it's pretty. Uh, it's a spooky film, and there's a lot of gore and a lot of. Uh, jumping around but it only got 23 percent approval rating from rotten tomatoes and i could remember shitting my pants seeing that movie especially with two women on either one on either side of me so they were both scratching oh they're freaking out and screaming and bending my arm and pinching it i was bruised yeah nice top 10 scott that's right top 10 with honorable mentions right on so what are your halloween plans for tomorrow well uh it's last day of the month i'm working not me john i'm here i'm coming home early and uh emma and her friends are all dressing as superheroes uh i'm not sure which one emma is that's exactly what my daughter and her friends were going to do Oh my word! We should get them together. Well, she didn't want to. She didn't want to. Uh, so what happened was Friday. You know, my kids are. They love to wait to the last second to decide what they want to do. And I said, "Here, look. This is what we're going to do. We're not going to screw around anymore." There's this place right by my work called American Sale. The kids are going to love it. They got a ton of costumes on sale there, but they also have all their Christmas shit up. This has got to be the biggest fucking... It, they sell pool tables, they sell jacuzzis, they sell swimming pools and supplies, but for Halloween, they sell like 20-foot Frankenstein inflatables, uh, you name it. They got everything. And then they slowly transition to Christmas. Well, it just so happens more than half of the store was all Christmased up. So I thought this would be a good opportunity to take them to get their costumes and at the same time, you know, get, you know, get them going on Christmas. And uh, we go out there, and my daughter was going to be, uh, uh, she was going to be Wonder Woman. Well, there's no Wonder Woman. We couldn't find one. Then she decided she's going to be Catwoman. Well, that's the most popular costume, so she's not going to be that. Uh, then we found like Spider Girl and uh, another girl costume superhero, and she tried them on and she didn't like them. So my wife and her start arguing in the store for a half hour, and my son and I are just goofing around, putting masks on, 
and my I turn around and my I posted the picture. He puts his green monster mask on and a Rastafarian hat with the dreadlocks. <laughs> and I'm like, that's it. So I took a picture and showed it to him, and he says, yeah. So hit done. Got his over in two seconds. My daughter, nice. wife, still arguing. I walk around. I see this Scooby-Doo costume laying on the floor. I pick it up. I'm like, this is the one right here. Shannon, you got to go as Scooby-Doo. Just put it on. Put it on right now. Right here? Yeah. Just take your jacket off. Put it on. She puts it on, and it's like a hoodie, like a full body, like pajamas almost, but with a tail and then the hoodie that pulls over and then the Scooby's head on top. Mm -hmm. And I took a picture of her, and I said, now look at that. That is hilarious. Boom. Done. Got that costume out of the way. Then we looked so all, at all, all the Christmas. All of, her, all of her friends are going to be superheroes, and she's going to be Scooby Doo. Well, her one friend was going to go as a superhero, and she thought, "Yeah, that's what she says." But she's going to wear like a T-shirt with a Batman logo on it. Ah, I see. And the other two will probably dress up. So she's going to Scooby Doo. I'm like, maybe you can convince one of your friends to go as Shaggy, right? Yeah, and Daphne and Velma and Fred, yeah. or yeah, one how of about the that? dudes or something. Right. Yeah, maybe not. Well, my son, he just said, I'm just I just want to hang on the front porch with you and give candy out. I said, Are you sure? You sure you don't want to go to trick or treating? No, I'll just hang with you. So my plan is just uh, we have a nice big front porch. What's the weather supposed to be like? Is it supposed to be shitty? Like thirty-five. <laughs> oh f- yeah, I'm not gonna be on the front porch. Maybe we can build a fire yeah, or something. Do a fire pit right in the front. Uh and uh, it, typically, we just hang out. Uh, I drink some wine and uh, hand out kids to the uh, child. <laughs> what? Hand out kids to the candy. Yeah, hand out good. candy to the kids, John. <laughs> and we like to critique the yeah. costumes. And uh, yes, I use the Socratic method sometimes. Yeah, I yeah. usually I hand out giant handfuls of candy. Like, I try to scoop up as much as I can in my paw and throw it in their bag. And the, you should see the looks on these kids' faces. Like, Mom! And they run back. Mommy gave me a whole bunch of candy. Yeah, we're the cool house. Because my daughter, I don't know if you noticed when you walked in, there's a big skeleton with webs and everything. Mm-hmm. And... uh we decorate quite a bit, and the kids want to come over and look into our window because we don't let them. We don't have them come to the door. They ring the bell, but we open the window. That way, the dog isn't run, trying to run out and you know and all that shit. So we just slide the window open, and we look out to hey, what are we, Batman? Look at uh, oh, another Power Ranger that's fourteen in a row. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I don't look forward to it. I don't have fun. I just want to get it over with. <laughs> You're fucking <laughs> Get off my lawn. Let's get it over with. Let's move on. Speaking of Halloween, uh, Donald Trump made an announcement this last week. Did you hear yes, about really. this? Something I, about a $5 million yeah, offer. I got the audio. You want to hear it? Sure. Let's hear it. Gentlemen, my name is Dr. Evil. 
In a little while, you'll notice that the Kreplakistani warhead has gone missing. If you want it back, you're going to have to pay me... One million dollars! Oh, sorry, that's... I got the wrong one. Here we go. President on, Obama man. is the least transparent president in the history of this country. There's never been anything like it. We know very little about our president. I'm very honored to have gotten him to release his long-form birth certificate, or whatever it may be. Now, many, many people have questions, and very serious questions. I have a deal for the president, a deal that I don't believe he can refuse, and I hope he doesn't. If Barack Obama opens up and gives his college records and applications, and if he gives his passport applications and records, I will give to a charity of his choice, inner city children in Chicago, American Cancer Society, AIDS research, anything he wants, a check immediately for $5 million. $5 million, Scott. Wow, that's great. So give it to who? Give it to Donald? Who's he supposed to give this stuff to? He's going to get, yeah, give that information to Donald and he'll produce a $5 million check to any charity that the uh, president uh, deems. Um, so Stephen Colbert had an offer for Donald Trump. You know Stephen Colbert, right? From the Colbert Report? Yes. He also had... Am I keeping you up? No, not at all, man. All right. Well, here's <laughs> Stephen Colbert with his offer. Mr. Trump, I will write you a check for $1 million from Colbert Super PAC. You know I've got it. <laughs> to the charity of your choice. Anything. Save the children, feed the children, put the children on child apprentice, whatever. <laughs> One million actual dollars if you will let me dip my balls in your mouth. <laughs> That's right. One million if Colbert can dip his balls in Donald Trump's mouth. So is anybody, is Obama, uh, uh, is he involved in this? Is is Donald going to no, let Colbert dump uh, his... Actually, um, Obama was on uh, Letterman, and he said, uh, yeah, I don't know what's up with the, the Donald. I think he's upset back from when we were on the soccer team together in Kenya, and, uh, and uh, he's still upset about that because I was a little better than he was. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's the extent of that. Yeah, well, Donald Trump is uh, just a fucking whack job. I mean, yeah, he's he's proud of the fact that he got Obama to release his long form <laughs> birth certificate. <laughs> of all the things he's done in his life, that's that's one of his most proudest moments. Yeah, speaking of Trump. um, I got some audio of Trump uh, talking about China. We played this some months, maybe a year or two ago. I think when he was running for president or something. Uh, uh, slamming China. You want to hear that? Sure. There's Trump. So he said, well, what would you do? What can you do? So easy. 
I drop a 25% tax on China. And, and you know, I said to somebody that is really the messenger. The messenger is important. I could have one man say, we're gonna tax you 25%. And I could say another, listen you motherfuckers, we're gonna tax you 25%. Yeah, listen, you motherfuckers, right? Right, right. So then he goes, uh, he's on Aaron Burnett's show, uh, who's a CNN correspondent. She was on, uh, I believe, uh, CNBC. Um, so he goes on her show, and she asks him about China. And he has some, he's got it all figured out. Here's what I know that you favor a currency readjustment, which is a big issue in Washington now, but Americans are trying to understand it. So I wanted to ask it to you this way. So if we adjust the currency, if China adjusts the currency, a couple of negative things might happen in the U.S. Prices at Walmart may go up. um, And the U.S. is still just barely passed by China in terms of manufacturing. So make the case for why now, why I'm going to make a case very simply. It's jobs. Instead of buying from China, we'll be making the gadgets and the gadgets and the toys for Baron Trump and everybody else that buys their children toys. They'll be made in Alabama and Iowa and lots of other places. Honestly, it's a country with such great potential if we only had the right leader. Our bridges are falling down. Our roads are potholes all over the place. I mean, you look at some of the major highways in this country and they look like third world country highways. They do. They do. Yeah. So he's saying that, hey. You know, uh, not only should we dump a 25% tax uh, on China, but uh, we should stop making stuff in China. We should be making it here. So, you know, we got jobs for Americans. I don't know why he thinks Romney would support that, but he supports Romney and uh, uh, he supports him. One of the reasons is because his stance on China. Uh, so he was on David Letterman this this week and uh, or last week, and he was uh, not only talking about Romney and other stuff, but he was also stumping for his new uh, clothing line that he sells at Macy's. He's, he's got a shirt, ties, and cufflink line, the Trump branded uh, clothing line at Macy's. And here's what he had to say on David Letterman. Now, you endorsed uh, Governor Romney. I did. Uh, are you in contact with him all the time? Yes. Mm-hmm. What do you guys talk about? Just general. I tell you what, he has a stance on China, which is a country that's just ripping our heart out. I mean, we just do nothing to protect ourselves that I really like. As a line of clothing. Now, where were these made? These were made, I don't know where they were made, but they were made someplace. But they're great. It's ties, shirts, cufflinks, everything sold at Macy's, and they're doing great. Number one selling tie anywhere in the world. Ties? Where are the ties they made? Have these are too. beautiful ties. They are great ties. The ties are made in where? China? China. Ties are made in China. <laughs> Have you seen this video, Scott? I have not. So, David Letterman asked him, you know, shirts tied. The shirts were made in Bangladesh. It's cut there just because of, to make it shorter. But uh, the ties are made in China. And he looks over at uh, Trump, and Trump just kind of smirks and shakes his head. And yeah, yeah. He did come back later, and, and David Letterman said, well, why don't you have them made here like in... Uh, New Jersey or something. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, good idea. What a dick. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't get these people. Um, 
I, I'm familiar with uh, confirmation bias and cognitive dissonance, but I, I just don't understand how it gets to the level that it gets with these people. Yeah, it it boggles my mind. This is what is it? Is it a lack of education? Is it a lack of critical thinking? Is it a, the question is is it a lack of outside influence from an educational perspective, or is it something that we can't control? That it's how their brains are wired, and that's just how they are. I don't know. So we there's no way you can penetrate and make them think differently. I don't know, man. I just don't know anymore. It's really, uh, it's disappointing. It is disappointing. It's discouraging. And if I tell you, if Romney wins this election, that is really discouraging. Uh, what it says about the population of the United uh, States. I know. I oh, know. you hear what the, uh, Romney's wife said last week? No. Uh She's talked to her husband, and they think that we should get rid of the public education system. (laughs) Everything should be privatized. Yeah. That's great. So then there's going to be private uh, Scientology schools and Mormon schools, and nobody's going to get a basic science education or a math education. They're just going to learn about fucking fairy tales. Yeah, and then that's going to really do great things for our country twenty, fifty years from now. Hey, Penn Jillette's well, all for that too. Well, yeah, I I just don't see how that could work. I Maybe we should have Penn Jillette on our show and explain that to us. How the fuck would that? I work? I will send him an email. I will ask him to be on our show. Maybe he'll have us on his. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll ask him. We're a bunch of nobodies. Listen to atheists. our show if you want. We're atheists. We believe in science. But we lean a little left from you. We'd like to talk to you about education. There you have it. Yeah. And then they'll say, yeah, Scott's a little smarmy. Hang on. Yeah. Is that what he called me? Smarmy? Smarmy. Yeah. Yeah. We won't bring that up, though. All right. Until after we talk to him. <laughs> So Phil's not coming tonight, right? No, no, Phil's not. Uh, he doesn't. He doesn't know where to go, you know. So, and we and I don't know. Satan, I thought would have stopped by, but uh, so, so yeah. I've heard he usually stops by about now. But maybe he's going to wait until the election. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe might be more appropriate. And we're coming up pretty pretty close to uh, the holidays. We might be hearing from Alfie pretty soon. Yeah, so we should have Satan, and we have Alfie. Maybe God will um, stop by. I don't know. God, he visited us a couple of times, and then we haven't heard from him. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. And we have God on our show, and we're still atheists. How yeah, is that possible? I don't, know. I don't get that we at all. We have Stephen Hawking by in a while. Right. Got to get him yeah. in. So... All right, well that wraps it up, right? Unless you That's got right, like, unless no. you got, you don't have nothing else. I got it's nothing, man. Nothing, nothing. Do All I right. have anything? Hold on, let me look. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Oh, I did see a movie, John. Yeah, I saw the artist. 
The Artist. Oh, yeah. Silent film. Uh, I can't imagine a, a universe in which you would exist that you would like this film. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it. Uh, it was um, it was interesting. I thought they did a couple of creative things, and it it, it really is a silent film. It's very slow paced, but uh, it, it was touching, and there was a lot of cool themes in it. Cool themes. Yeah. You might like it. I take that back. Yeah, I think if you saw it when you were twenty, you would fucking hate it. But uh, now that we're older, we have kids, we have jobs and careers. There might be something you like about it. I liked it. Yeah, it exceeded my expectations. So I, I was going into it with very low expectations, and uh, it uh, exceeded those. Yeah, and it's on Netflix, John. So it's like it's free. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. I'll have to check that out. Um, let's see. Any science worth mentioning? No. Hey, uh, uh, yeah. here's a story. Your employee is an online celebrity. Now, what do you do? Meet, I don't know. Meet your new management headache, the co-branded employee. A growing number of professionals are using social media to build a personal public identity, a brand of their own based on their work. Well, I don't know about that, but we're celebrities, Scott. Really? Yeah. So what do we do? People are wearing our t-shirts. Come on. <laughs> so what are we supposed to do? I don't know. What are our bosses supposed to do? My boss oh. is telling everybody about my show. I see what you're saying. He's like, I listen to your show. I'm waiting for you to slag me off, mate. I'm like, now that I know you listen to the show, I'm not going to. Yeah, you do that after we hit the the record stop button. Right. Yeah. A couple of religious stories, John. And, And I was waiting for this, and I found this yesterday. I was just waiting for the first Christian preacher to blame Hurricane Sandy. Blame. On the homos, John. Yeah. And he, he there, <laughs> the first one to hit the newswire was Chaplain John McTierney. I'm a gay. He has said that God's judgment of gays caused the hurricane nearing the East Coast of the United States. Uh, so he is an anti-gay Christian preacher, which means he's probably a closet homo. Yeah. Not funny, homo. Uh, funny queer. Mm-hmm. And he has a website, and he's an author. And he says that the gathering storm must be God's judgment on gays and punishing President Barack Obama for coming out in support of marriage equality for the homos. For the homos? He, yeah. He <laughs> believes ever since George Bush Sr. signed the Madrid peace process to divide the land of Israel in 1991, America has been under God's judgment since this event. But aren't we all, I mean, if you buy into this fairy tale, aren't we all under God's judgment at every moment of every day? Yeah. 24-7. So God didn't pay attention to America until 1991. And then he was like, hey, George Bush Sr. signed the Madrid peace process. Now I'm going to start judging them. I mean, this is even within the own rules of their fairy tale. The guy can't (laughs) fucking get it right. (laughs) So there's a major douchebag, yeah. and he's going to make money. He's going to make money on it because people uh, uh, are, are, who are homophobic uh, are going to get all uh, fearful 
that uh, America is being judged by God and they're going to dump money to this guy to try to make that not happen. Yeah. In uh, other religious news, John, Mike Huckabee, Mike Huckabee made a pretty uh, serious claim. Uh, and again, it's, it involves the homosexuals. I don't know why these people have their panties in a bunch about homosexuals. He says, Mike Huckabee, now this is a guy who was in the running uh, GOP candidate. He was, he was running against Mitt Romney to be the GOP candidate. And who knows? He could have been. Yeah. Who knows? He says the vote against equality and choice need to vote against equality and choice. So vote against uh, homosexuals being able to marry and vote against a woman's right to choose uh, an abortion. You need to do those things. Vote yeah. against these things or you'll go to hell. That's right. He's laying, he's throwing the he's throwing it down right there. Well, here's what I don't get: people that are getting behind politicians that want to regulate a woman's reproductive system, but are all against regulating banks. Well, because uh, banks, um, that's that's a whole different thing. That's money. That's uh, but if you're brought up in this in this religious and this Catholic thing, uh, women aren't smart enough to make choices. They're not. They shouldn't even be working. They should be at home. This is what they are brought up to believe. This is the ideology that that religion teaches. Yeah. Is women are second class citizens, so of course they can't make the right fucking decision on them on their own. If it wasn't for us, they would they would barely survive for crying out loud. We're the ones that go and get the jobs and bring home the bacon. They couldn't get a job. They couldn't hold a job. They couldn't contribute in this workforce. They should be at home in the kitchen. That's the mentality yeah. of these fuck faces. And uh, they just don't understand from an economic perspective. Having women in the workforce makes a stronger economy. Right, uh, and and it's just ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. More consumers. That's right. More consumers. 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 <laughs> That's right, John. I'm I'm just so tired of it. I'm tired of all this nonsense before the election. I and mean, I hope it, I, the, I hope it goes the right way. But if it doesn't, uh, we're going to have an interesting next four years, especially for our show. Will be uh, interesting for the next four years, but uh, it, it's. Uh... I I want to I want to get TP on the show again because I want him to explain how Mitt Romney is going to make him get him more money at his job. He's not going to be able to explain that because uh, even when you listen to these right wing talk shows and and the Republican spin. It's not about what Mitt Romney's going to do for you. It's about what we can prevent Barack Obama from doing in the future. So I have no fucking idea if Mitt Romney's president, what the fuck he's going to do. None. Yeah. Zero. Zilch. Because the guy changes positions every 24 hours. He says something different. Yeah. I have no fucking idea. All I know is he's going to lie to me. I know that. That's a fact. That is a fact. He's going to lie to me, and uh, my my impression is he's going to try to make his buddies richer, 
and he's going to try to make me uh, poor. That's my impression. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, I stopped listening to radio. I, st- I can't even take it anymore. Uh, the outrageous lengths they go to to spin something. You were telling me the other day you were listening to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. And he was pissed off because everybody's talking about this hurricane when they should be talking right. about what a fucking fuckwad Obama yeah. is. Yeah. Why are you wasting your time with this this storm? <laughs> The, the, the news, folks, is uh, the drive-by media. Folks, look, you don't need to go anywhere else but here for me to tell you what the liberals are all about. I tell you every day. I, 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 I tell you about liberalism. I tell you every day. All you need to do is listen to me. If you listen to me, I'm not biased. I, I give you all the information so you can weigh both sides. <laughs> That's what he went on about. He went on about, if you listen to me, I'll tell you all about what the the left is doing. You don't have to listen to anybody else. You know, all you need to, I'll tell you everything that you need to know about liberals, because I'm right. I've you, heard that. And you already know about the conservative side, because I talk about that too. So now I've given you both sides to choose from. So you you don't need to go anywhere else. I'm giving you both sides of the information. I'm totally an open book here, folks. Yeah, I've heard that rap too. That was about four weeks ago. He said that same, basically the same thing that I don't have to have liberals on my show because I know more about liberalism than liberals do. Yeah. So I represent both sides right. accurately and unbiasedly. And it's it's genius. It's a genius. Uh, it's genius because if you're gonna preach to stupid people, what better way than to play the the dual Santa Claus role? Right. Well, I don't know if it's a dual Santa Claus role, but it's it's basically saying, uh, you know, I'm a conservative. You know all my conservative beliefs, and now I'm going to tell you and educate you on the liberal side of it, because I know more about it. I've studied them. I know everything about them. But his version of a liberal is the straw man. It's a construct of what he thinks a liberal is, uh, that is, you know, he talks like this, and he's not too bright, and he's kind of dumb, and he's stupid, you know. I'm a liberal. Uh." And it's it's theater. It's comedy. Uh, it used to be comedy to me, but then when I talk to my family and to them, it's very fucking real. It's very real what he's saying and yeah. the message he's getting across. And then it, it doesn't become comedy to me anymore. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And today he said uh, that climate change is a non-issue. A non-issue anymore because it's fraudulent. The whole thing has been proven to be a hoax. Yeah, it's a hoax. And and who proved that? Some debunk, some tabloid report. A tabloid. From like 16 yeah. years ago. <laughs> this guy's a fucking fat dumbass. Well, you know, the question, uh, another thing, a question that Romney keeps asking, are you better off than you are four years ago? 
And I may not be better off than I was four years ago. I mean, I we suffered through eight years of fucking uh, the W with uh, these wars, and and they lost eight hundred billion dollars in cash in the yeah. Middle East. Um, but I wish somebody would ask Romney and Rush Limbaugh, are they better off after four years? And I yeah. bet you the answer is yes. I, I bet you it's a resounding fucking yes yep. that they're better off. And the and the, there's um. Uh, what is it? Max Kaiser. Um, I listened to him once in a while. He's like a kind of a conspiracy theorist, but he's pretty funny. He um, he had something on his uh, website about the income inequality, income disparity, how bad it is now compared to what it used to be, and um, the more that the wealth gets consolidated to a certain percentage, um, the, the demand dries up because there's no disposable income for everybody else. So that other 80% or 99%, whatever you want to call it, there's not enough disposable income anymore, so they're not going to be buying as much stuff, so there is no economic growth. Okay, so you're going to reduce taxes, but it's only going to benefit the rich because if you reduce taxes, let's say everybody pays 15%. Even somebody who makes 25 grand a year or 30 grand a year tries tries to make rent on an apartment, has to have a car, has to pay for insurance, but a gallon of milk is going to be a lot of money to pay for uh, on that salary per week uh gas for that car per week i mean those and and uh, a rich person uh, a one percenter can't buy enough milk or gas so uh to help the economy grow so the more that income gets pushed over to that one percent and less of it gets down to the uh, other 99 there's going to be less and less demand so there's going to be a lot of cutting back, and there will be no economic growth. On the other hand, businesses right now are doing fucking phenomenal. They are sitting on piles and piles of cash. Now, in the past, economic growth for a business, a business growing, was based on how much fucking money they would borrow and put it back into their company. This is just recently. Years before that, when companies and income was taxed at a higher rate, uh, those business people did not want the government ha- to have it, so they reinvested it into their company and grew it that way. Well, now that they don't, they're not borrowing all kinds of money and they're sitting on all kinds of cash. People are saying they don't know what to do with it because they don't know how this this uh, you know you hear a fringe few talk about. They want Romney to be in office, but a lot of them are like, well, we don't know how this this election is going to go, whether it be Obama or Romney, and either one of them, we're still not sure. Uh, at least if Obama gets in there, we know what we're getting. If Romney gets in there, we have no idea what we're going to get. So we don't, we're not going to do anything with the cash. I mean, some of the stuff they could do is pay out dividends that their shareholders are not doing, invested in research and development, and and create new products. But they're just not doing it. And one of the reasons is because it is their growth is really slow. 
because there's just not enough demand. Demand, demand, demand is the only thing that drives the economy, and that's the only thing that's going to create jobs. And if you don't, if people don't have money to buy stuff, especially disposable income, there will be no economic growth. I don't give a fuck if you make the tax uh, taxes zero for everybody. As long as the income disparity is pushed farther and farther to the 1% and less to everybody else, it's just going to collapse. Right. And I I talked about it before, the cult of bigness. The cult of bigness. Leopold Kors' cult of bigness. Well, you know, the other other frightening thing is... um uh, real time is that Bill Maher show? Real yeah. time. He did something. Uh, I saw it. I'm going to try to paraphrase, but he said if Romney wins, um, this is going to. I don't know what the word would be. Strengthen these ideas coming out of the GOP. Yeah. Uh, about women's rights. Right. About basically a bunch of bullshit, a bunch of nonsense. Religion is going to be thrust back into politics. And he mentioned, you know, the last four years with Obama, we haven't had to deal with bullshit like the Terry Schiavo thing or all this other nonsense uh, because we've have Obama in office and he doesn't even, he doesn't pay attention to this shit. If Romney gets elected, all these fucking whack jobs are going to come out of the woodwork out of the woodwork. These GOP whack jobs are going to be emboldened to, to really push their agenda and their ideas. And it's going to set us back 50 fucking years, 50 fucking years. And the sad part is, uh, on uh, Chris Matthews show, uh, I don't know if it was yesterday or last week, he was talking to a panel of women and asked them, why are why isn't there this big huge outpouring of women supporting Obama? Why are they why is it divided down the middle or even more for Romney with all this shit going on about uh regulating a woman's reproductive system and these women said, well, most women yeah would be upset about that, but because a lot of women are single moms, it's all about the economy. Will I have a job? I'm shit. I'm not worried about that. I'll worry about my reproductive system on my own. But uh, I need to have money first. So they really think that Romney is going to be the savior, and you know, because he, he's do, he's doing this two Santa Claus thing. One day he's mo- uh, moderate. Uh, he's center leaning even left when he was governor of Massachusetts. Now he's flipped to the other side and he's being the two set. Everybody gets a puppy. The GOP gets a puppy and so do the Democrats. He's trying to play both sides. And in the whole, d- the last debate, all he did was agree with Obama. Oh yeah. I w- Yeah, I agree. He's right. Obama's right, right there. The president's right. Oh, I would do the same thing. That's all he did was agree with him. Yeah, well, if he is elected president, it I will be interested to see how it plays out. Because, I, we again, we have no fucking idea. I think it would be a goddamn train wreck. Um, 
uh, you know, for lining, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It'd be entertaining. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, had a conversation with somebody in the family about that, about Romney's record on women. And her comment to me was, I don't like women anyway. Wow, that's some cognitive dissonance right there. Yeah, I mean, I, we could just stop this conversation right now. And, and really, we could never, ever, ever, ever have another meaningful conversation with that kind of statement. Yeah. That's why they tell you not to talk about politics, John. Yep. Or religion. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, you believe in a talking snake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly my point what is the cognitive dissonance there yeah here i'm gonna bring a snake over can you make it talk <laughs> well he talks on harry Pot- potter potter yeah <laughs> on harry potter harry yeah potter. but the catholic church doesn't like harry potter it's cutting in on their fairy tale we have talking snakes. They stole that idea from us. Yeah. All right, I'm All getting right, depressed then. talking about yeah. this. Let's wrap this shit up. All right, you know what that sound means, Scott? I think it's the end of the show. Yeah. So hopefully next week I'll be back in the studio, John. Yeah, more studio. more than two hours on this show, almost two and I a half. Sound clips to bring in. Yeah. And uh, we'll take it from there and that'll be the we'll record the day before the election it'll be released probably on the day or at or the day after the election and then uh our our next show will be the real exciting show John, yeah on the outcome of that election whoa do you think it'll be one of these things where it was uh gore bush and we didn't know who was president for like a month oh. or yeah, do you but- think it'll be decided that night i don't know we i don't know i one of one of the uh, scenarios that came out is that if it's a tie in the electoral college, if it's a tie, the president is selected by the Senate, I believe, and the vice president by the House, or vice versa. Either way, mm-hmm. one of them's controlled by the Dems; the other one's controlled by the Republicans. So. If that were the case, Romney would be elected president and the VP would be Joe Biden. How about that? that you could think happen. it would be like uh, Romney would be president and then Obama would be VP. Why would they even include vice presidents in the mix? You know what I'm saying? That's the rules. That's the Constitution, my friend. Yeah, well, that was a dumb one. But that's the. Well. In the if old, it was tied, yeah, you flip dude, a coin. In the old and then, days, and it should be just like the old days, in the old days when two candidates ran against each other for president, the runner-up became VP. Yeah. That's how, what they should do. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. All right. Well, that's all the time we got for, uh, this week. Uh, I'm John. And I'm Scott. Say goodnight, Scott. Good night, Scott. What? Did you want to say something? <laughs> no. Why? Why are you laughing? No, I'm good, man. It's good. Why are you laughing? It's all, I'm I'm just having a wonderful time. That's what, what? What's what's wrong, man? Okay, Nothing's I'm wrong, the music man. Down. 
two sixty six. Wait a minute. Why are you laughing? I can't laugh. What? I can't laugh. Look, I got to piss really bad. Like, well, let's end like this I'm then. Dancing around in my goddamn end. chair here, and let's you keep yammering on, and I'm trying to shut it down. I'm shut down. I'm done. All right. It's over, Johnny. Say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. You're listening to John and Scott. A total talk nonsense.